Hello, and welcome back, everyone, after uh, an even longer hiatus, I think, than the last time to the Unfounded Podcast. My name is Christopher Turner, and I am your host. I am very excited to be back on here with you guys, and I have a lot of things that have changed in my life recently. Um, So there's a lot to go over, uh, and I'm sure a lot of you are wondering, those of you that have been listening for the last couple years or so, have probably been wondering what happened over the last year and a half, and so... Um, I'll do my best to kind of fill you in on those gaps uh, to the best of my ability uh, while also being respectful to the other people involved in it and then also uh, try to like get started fairly quickly like not not lollygag too much because I do feel uh, a lot of like new beginning energy uh, around me right now I feel reinvigorated to work on my projects um, things that I haven't been able to engage with for a long time and I've been going through so much over the last year and a half that I got a lot to talk about, you know. Um, I think for a while there, maybe towards the end, I was running thin on ideas, you know, and I don't think I'm going to have that problem <laughs> for a while anymore. So uh, at least for the listeners, I hope uh, that's a good thing. So, but I'm going to try to keep it a little free form. I'm trying some new things, uh, some things that I haven't done before. Um, just to kind of see what works and see what you guys enjoy. So, um, as before, I'm always going to have the music in the background, so I hope you enjoy that. I found that it's really interesting the way that the music changes uh, depending on what mood I'm in or what message I'm bringing at the time. Um, and there's a lot of synchronicity in, in that and the timing of, of the music itself, uh, along with the energy of it. So, pay attention to that while you're listening. Um, and also, I'm going to start incorporating some more spiritual tools into the show itself um, to try to kind of demonstrate to you what I do uh, and what I think all human beings can do uh, if we tune into ourselves properly. So um, a big point of this show is not going to just be um, prodding the unfounded ideas anymore. It's going to be expanding that uh, based on what I've learned um, through prodding ideas that were unfounded. So uh, trying to keep the podcast uh, moldable and constantly morphing and evolving. Uh, constantly flowing like water, right? So, what have I learned is a good question, and that's going to be a question that's answered probably over a bunch of different episodes. But to sum it up, I think I've learned a lot about control, self-control, and self-love. I think if I had to sum it up, that's been the lesson over the last couple years for me. Maybe not even a couple of years. Maybe it's been longer than that uh, because they've been hard lessons for me to grasp. I think that's that tends to be how it goes in our lives is we just... Um, the parts of yourself that you're most frustrated with are the parts of yourself usually that you got so frustrated with at some point that you just stopped trying, <laughs> you know, or you got scared of yourself at some point, you know, and ran away from it. And it became kind of a malignant thing inside of you instead of a positive, you know, abundant thing. So anyway, I, I was learning a lot about self-love uh, and um, the idea of control uh, and really getting to know who I am, my higher self. Uh, not just me, the ego, Chris Turner, but the spirit, Chris Turner. Who's that? Uh, and I think 
there's a bunch of different ways you can get to know yourself in that way and a lot of them are more positive and fun and uplifting and things like that but in order to know yourself fully you have to kind of venture down the rabbit hole a little bit you gotta you gotta go down and dance with the shadows for a while you know and uh that process lets you know what kind of shadow you are you know um (laughs) there's so much in the modern world uh it's odd because there's a lot of like shadow play, I guess I could call it, where uh, people themselves think of themselves as good beings, good beings, right? This moral judgment. Uh, and to say that they think of themselves as good beings mean they, they must agree with some kind of, you know, moral makeup, moral idea, moral law. But at the same time, the general morals that people would say, like if you ask them in general, I don't know this for a fact, but if you went around and you asked people like, hey, what, uh, what do you think is morally right? I think most people would say, you know, similar things. You know, don't hurt people. You know, that's morally right. Um, I take advantage of people. That's morally right. Don't lie. That's morally right. Uh... Or I guess the best way to be put it is to be truthful would be to be morally right, right? And not not the, the negative version of it. Anyway, you get the point. And I think if you went through the world and you did that, you'd see that don't be greedy, right? Don't be um, self-absorbed. Uh, don't be overly shallow. Don't be, I mean, you, can, you could go down the list and you can see how if you wanted to pick out what your idea of, which is really societies or the world's or the human collective's idea of morality at this point in time what that is you could go down the list and find that most people usually align it they'd probably talk about the same things they 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 conceive of it the same way and so when you look at the world you'd expect you know at the physical world you'd, you'd expect it to reflect that you'd, if people in general kind of know what it means to be a good being to them then the world would reflect that as kind of a role model for people in our society but what you see is kind of an opposite thing happening you know um, the, the things that people say make them feel good about themselves when they embody you know not lying not treating people badly you know um having self-respect, doing all of these things. Um, When you look into society, they're non-existent. You know, the examples that I'm speaking of. There's no statue demonstrating somebody being self-reliant in a positive way. You know, there's there's, there's no... There's no... um, You know, I think you get the point. And I think there's a disconnect there. So it, it speaks to, to kind of our deeper intention. And I think the reason I started this was I was talking about shadow work. And that's why I think that happens. It's a disconnect. The reason we see something else in society, the reason we, the internet, for instance, is so rife with what we would call, you know, negative, nasty, you know, decrepit, you name it, kind of material. It, the more you recognize that's there the more you question okay well well, then why is it there 
right? If it's there, it's there because at some level the human being wants it there. But the human being doesn't want to admit that it wants it there. Because the human being is trying to pretend to be a moral thing that it isn't. I think that's the point I was trying to get to. It took me a a good five minutes. (laughs) I truly believe this, that there's some kind of confusion that's happened throughout history, uh, throughout kind of the um, coalescing of all of the religions. There's been a misunderstanding of the point, (laughs) you know, fundamentally. And and, and it's not, um, you know, you have this idea of the Ten Commandments that comes from... uh, the Old Testament Testament of the Bible. And it's looked to, I think, as kind of a foundation for morality, modern morality in the Western world, at least, right? Um, but I think one of the realizations that I had over the last year, for instance, about that specifically was that practically speaking, the Ten Commandments are ill-conceived. Like, what do I mean by that? Well, if you were trying, just do the thought experiment with me. If you had somebody, you've done this before, actually. It's, it's the pink elephant experiment, right? If I tell you don't think about a pink elephant, what do you think about? The pink elephant is something, by saying the negative aspect, don't think about the pink elephant, I automatically implant the idea of pink elephant into your head, which would have not been there to begin with. The only way to keep you from actually not thinking about the pink elephant is to not ask you to not think about the pink elephant. Does that make sense? So that if you apply the same concept to the Ten Commandments, it starts to get a little confusing. Why would you make a list of ten things that people can't do if you don't want them to do it? I was watching a show on Gaia... It's a movie, I believe. I'll have to find the name of it for you guys, but it's really interesting, really good. It was talking about awakening, and one of the things it brought up was this. And one of the one of the um, people being interviewed on there talked about the Ten Commandments and how if you wanted people to to not um, do something, you you do something, you'd say something like uh, you'd write down the consequences kind of if-then statements, right? Um, If you, you know, take advantage of somebody, this will happen. If you kill somebody, this will happen. Um, But instead, the clarity of that process is kind of stripped and instead you get this idea of just don't do something. It's very parental, very, very, uh, I know best. Now, that confuses me because it doesn't seem practically very effective, especially when you look at the world and you see that most of the world and the Internet is rife with the things that the Ten Commandments would keep you from doing. It's obviously not very effective, right? The point that I'm trying to get to is there's a problem inside the human being, and it's not a morality problem. 
It's not that human beings are bad, because there is no good or bad, truly. It's that the human beings have made themselves think there is good or bad. They've created a layer on top of themselves. We have all created a layer on top of ourselves. We call this the ego. I think we do this kind of through a a process of denying ourselves from early childhood, trauma experiences, pain brought on when you're very young. Usually a process of being denied by other people in the world or uh, kind of... uh, you know, maybe experiencing a physical situation or uh, just a traumatic event itself, whatever it may be, combination of those, those events throughout your life kind of cause most people, I don't know if I've ever ran into anybody that doesn't have some kind of trauma from their past or their childhood, to hide from themselves. There's no other way to put it. I hid from myself. I hide from myself. But that's why I come to kind of these realizations is is in asking the question, why did I hide from myself? Why am I hiding from myself? What am I scared of? Truly. Not just like the canned answers that you get from most people. Really. The stuff that is unfounded. What would you say that you don't hear other people saying that you're scared of? Hmm. Maybe it's not that you're the only one that feels that way, maybe it's that nobody wants to say it, just the same way that you don't. We really are all truly divine beings. We exist in this plane for some reason that I haven't really discerned yet and I don't know if I'm ever going to completely, you know, obviously I I think that's the point, you're not supposed to but we're also this higher thing, we're this spirit, we're this soul, we're this divine thing that is eternal and kind of spotless and the combination of this physical world and that these, these eternal and kind of by definition finite matter-based things it you create this the world and art and you know music and movies and dancing and sex and love and hate and anger and war and violence and death and murder and all of you get the point right i'm saying that a lot i guess this episode But why? Why do we get the negative things? You know, I'm not satisfied with the answer that you get in a lot of Eastern philosophy, which is something like, well, it's necessary for there to be good, bad, and good, right? Because it kind of still plays with the idea that good and bad are real. But I think, you know, most Eastern philosophies get down to this just act, you know. Be what you are. And I think that's true. You know. What are you is the most important question you can answer. And it's really hard to answer that question. 
so that before you can be what you are, you have to answer what the question, what am I? And how do you know what you are if you're scared of half of yourself? <laughs> the people that you see up on the stage, the people that you see acting in movies, I think the people that you idolize, the people that you know you listen to and you f- get, find fascinating, I think the only thing they've done different than you is recognize the parts of themselves that you're scared of recognizing. Fear really is a son of a bitch. Tricky little devil. There's this idea, I guess this is going to be pretty freeform. I had a bunch of things lined up. I was going to talk about control in this episode, but I guess I'm just going with it. My guides are really talking through me right now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I pulled some cards before and everything too. And I think we can get into those before I end the episode at some point, but I want to keep on this. I had this um, show I was watching and I kind of lost my train of thought there. I probably should have messed myself up. Point being that you have to recognize the shadow aspects of yourself to really embrace yourself fully. And I think Carl Jung, you can see this, this isn't just a spiritual concept. This is something that Carl Jung talks about extensively with the idea of the shadow, kind of coining the term the shadow, at least if psychoanalytically, right? And coming up with this idea that there's this thing inside of people uh, that isn't really inside of them, it is them, but it manifests as kind of this feeling of prisoner inside of you that is a twisted version of you. It's malformed and ignored and been depraved and deprived of everything it wants and things like that. You know, unless you are a person that is fully actualized, you don't have what you want because you don't know what you want. Because you've forgotten what you want. Because what you want has turned into this. Because it's been ignored and deprived. So it became depraved. The shadow is the aspect of you that when you were a kid shined through as what makes you special. But it's also the aspect of you that slowly degraded as you chose to turn away from that. Everybody chooses themselves. Everybody has external factors that influence that. But the responsibility is always on the person. Even if you're a kid. And that's a son of a bitch too. We all play by the same rules. You know, there's no age, (laughs) uh, I guess, what would you call it? Uh, There's no age of consent spiritually. Uh, You don't have to be 18 to drive, 16 to drive. (laughs) You know what I mean? Your choices are always your choices, whether you're an infant or you're an adult. Context being you're not fully actualized in a way that you can express yourself physically when you're a child properly which is why we have laws like we have we can't you can't control the body what right you can't you know you get it but the but spiritually you always know what you are from the very beginning you know more from the very beginning than you know right now listening to me 
you've forgotten a lot. Basically, like, you've forgotten the whole point. <laughs> is is the point. Yeah, that's why you're listening to me. You've forgotten the whole point. Because I forgot the whole point. And it's not like there is a point to remember either. It's just you are something that you um, it can't be mimicked. It can't be recreated. It can't be nobody else can be. So that you are here for a reason and you need to be that. Like fundamentally. You need to be that, but we need you to be that because we are all the same thing. You be that, I be, I be that kind of a thing. You know, The more people that recognize what they are at this level, the more people want to recognize what they are at that level. You know, It's the butterfly effect. And we are at a point in time in history where people are realizing this. For whatever reason, be that time frame or whatever divinely guided, you know, logic whatever mechanism is driving this it doesn't matter right now is a time for you to remember what you are to wake up and kind of embody yourself fully and that's what I think I've realized over the last year and a half through a lot of pain I didn't realize how easy it is to lose yourself. I didn't know how easy it was to lose your mind. I didn't... know how... much despair you could feel. Helplessness is a really, really, really unpleasant feeling. It's kind of like loneliness. You know, those two feelings aren't pleasant for a reason. But I think the reason is is they're very useful spiritually. What's that saying they have in a lot of gyms and stuff, like on posters and things? That pain is pain is weakness leaving the body. Well, I think that is true. And it's true spiritually, too. You know? The pain of loneliness... You know... The pain of helplessness is a spiritual pain. It's something that you can't kind of heal with external things. With other people, with other things, with other places. And you'll try to... And we all want to. Because it hurts. Fundamentally. How helpless we are. All fundamentally. The reason the ego exists is because it is so terrifying to understand how little control you actually have.
that your ego feels like it's going to die because it, it does. The ego exists because it believes that it can control things. You tell yourself, I do this, I do that, I do this, I do that. The thing that's saying, I do this, I do that, is your ego. You don't do anything like that. You don't manipulate, you don't leverage anything. You know, you can watch your physical body interact with the physical 3D world in a way that looks like that. That looks very linear, very A to B, very I apply force to this and that moves kind of a thing. You know what I mean? But that's not the way the universe is designed. It's just the way this very, very small segment of reality looks. That's it. And while I don't know what the total truth is, it's something more along the lines of energy uh, acts universally. And is much more about flow in the way that an electrical circuit is complete, you know, when you close a switch or open it. You know, it's it, it flows through. It's... it. it It's kind of like the feeling of, you know, you feel like you have to move your body when you, you know, when you're not flowing. You know, you feel like you have to leverage things, push things around, grab things, force stuff to happen when you aren't in alignment, when you aren't flowing properly. When that switch is open, the connection is broken. Well, you have to put in some energy to make something happen. Right? The world isn't moving around. I can't get this job started. I can't do this. I can't do that. Something's something's wrong. The switch is broken. You know, I got to put more energy in. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. And you'll notice you just spiral in your head, right? I got to, I got to, I, 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 I. Who's talking? And who's I? I've never met I. Sure, there's a voice. There's a voice there, but it's not I. It's not you. It just is. For me, it's Chris Turner. Sometimes Chris Sage. <laughs> What's your voice? You know? It all comes from the same place. You know? There's no one individual here that came, you know, is, is somehow fundamentally different, made up fundamentally different, and that's why they're so successful. There's also a lot of ways that you can misperceive success in this world. Being successful in a modern 
Society is not what the universe considers or deems successful. I don't know if you've seen the movie Soul by Disney, but there's a character that's one of my favorite characters of any of the Disney characters in that movie, and he's a uh, he's a homeless man, but he's a, he's like a spiritual guide, he's like a spiritual shaman, but he does this in the middle of like Times Square or somewhere in New York City, right? It's a really busy corner. And at first in the movie, you know, um, kind of without ruining the movie, the soul crosses over and this guy's in the spirit realm. He's kind of in heaven or whatever you want to call it, right? He's in he's in what they call like the soul factory. I forget what they actually, the youth seminar or something like that they call it. And while he's there, he starts to learn about everything that's going on. He tries to come back and reincarnate because he doesn't want to leave his life. He's not ready to die. And while he's there, he goes in, goes into this middle realm, kind of the realm between the 3D, the physical, and the spiritual. And in that realm, he sees uh, representations of people in the flow state, which is when they're playing music or when they're when they're painting or when they're dancing or when they're singing or when, you know, that flow state, when, you, when time just ceases, goes away, and you're just making something, you're channeling is what you're doing, right? But you're in this space. Anyway, he's in this space, and all of a sudden this big, big old, like, pirate ship but like like a like a um hippie pirate ship comes plowing up and this this character that's like this spiritual shaman the spirit form plops out and anyway i think i'm probably giving you too much detail about it but the this character is someone that if you looked on the street corner we're watching him on the street corner he's sitting there spinning his flow state he's in his flow state because that's how he's getting to the space right that's how he's traveling spiritually is by going into the flow state and he goes into that middle realm but he uh when they go and finally find him in the 3d what he's doing in the 3d is he's sitting on a street corner and he's like a homeless dude that has like a long beard and frazzled hair and crazy stuff and he's one of the dudes spinning the signs you know what i mean like doing that come on come in here and he's like doing all these crazy dances and he's just wearing headphones and he's spinning a sign like going nuts right and he is somewhere else his spirit's over in the middle realm going and trying to save lost souls and stuff but his 3d self is sitting there spinning a sign probably making a dollar 50 a day or a dollar 50 an hour you know what i mean and completely content and i now i want you to ask yourself now spiritually if I was to say spiritually, that's a successful person because they have the ability and autonomy to go and travel and understand what this is. Socially, economically, that is a completely and utterly failed person. So then the question becomes, what do you want to be? It's the story of the Buddha, right? Buddha was a prince initially, had everything and chose to leave that lifestyle for a life of nothing. I think he worked as a pig farmer or something like that. Slept with pigs uh, until reaching an enlightenment, nirvana. So the, the what the world, the external world tells you is successful is definitely not the route to success. Like first and foremost, That's, I don't, I like, I'm sure many of you have gone around that rat wheel many times trying to figure out if this specific job was the right one or that one, 
if this was the way to go or this was the way to go or if I adjusted maybe the way I wrote this resume this way or that way maybe that would get the right thing going or all these different physical things physical, am I, do I need to go take more classes do I need to do this do I need to do that do I need to, I, 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 you see <laughs> hey, the world's designed to keep you running so that you say I, 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 I until you're exhausted and need to sleep and eat and shut your brain off. You only run out of energy if you're using more than you're getting. Excuse me. Take a drink of water really quick. So if you're getting tired every day, if you're tired at the end of the day, it's because you're giving more of your energy than you're getting back. That's a fundamental self-love thing. It's something that I've learned the hard way. You have to invest in yourself first. What does that look like? Well, it looks like being kind and compassionate to yourself. Spending time with yourself without distraction. All the things that I used to fight against and still do because it's hard because we live in this world. But the point that I've come to is so much of the pain that we feel is self-perpetuated and caused based on the ways in which we morally judge each other and ourselves in those situations in our shortcomings and failings in our inability to wake up immediately in the ways in which we get caught in the rat race what makes it worse is each of us individually judging each other based on those things What'd be worse for me is to go and say that anybody's choice to be in the rat race is wrong. Morally. Like I'm morally superior because I'm not in it? (laughs) No. Your choice is your choice, and it's your choice because it is you. Simply, plainly put, there's no other complication. That is how this universe is structured, I believe. There is no moral component. Friedrich Nietzsche got it right. Morality is a, is a piece of software. It was created. It's not real. And most people would say, well, if morality is not real, then what would keep society on the rails? Like, well, wouldn't people just run around doing whatever they want? Well, that's what they think because all of them are scared of their shadows. Because they all want to be good people. So they don't look at their shadows. Did <laughs> you see how this works? It, it's, 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 it's. If people recognized and went through the parts of themselves that they're scared of, like I think I've been forced to do or have been doing over the last year and a half or so. If you, once you go through yourself that deeply and you start to recognize the things you're scared of and you start to release them, what you recognize is you don't have to control yourself. There's no part of you that needs to be held on to. There's no part of you that needs to be restrained. You will act 
in the way that you're supposed to act every second that you are here because you already are you. You don't have to try to be anything else. So why are you scared of yourself morally? Why do you think as soon as you let go of the range, you're going to run off and go kill somebody? Or whatever your version of it is, right? Because you're not. Not unless you hold on to this idea of good and bad. Not unless you sit in it long enough to where you actually start to believe that you're a bad person because you feel these ways. You look out in the world and you see everybody else lying like they do about the way they feel and about how twisted and tormented they are inside too, the things that they hide and they're scared of, that they lie about. And you look at them and you judge yourself. And sometimes they even judge you. If you go into some churches or wherever it is, sometimes you'll get moral judgment down on that. This is where it can be very negative. You're not living a good life. Walk the path. Look at these 10 ways you are doing wrong. I think of all of them. What do you think that causes somebody to do internally? Do you think it causes them to love themselves? Just logically, what would it do? Of course, you're going to start to criticize yourself. If you do that repetitively, where all you're doing is criticizing the fact that you have this negative aspect to you, the negative aspect isn't going to go away. It's going to get bigger, which is what it does. You're literally whipping yourself. God, I shouldn't have done that. God, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. I'm such a piece of shit. I am so bad. I am the worst. I can't, nobody can see this. I have to, nobody can see what I've done. Nobody can see what I've done. What's good? What's good? What's a good person look like? What's a good person look like? It looks like them. I'm going to be them. I'm going to be them. I think that's what happens inside of people. But the problem is, you know, I described that as as like one person viewing everybody else as lying, but everybody else is doing the same thing to each other. So we're all doing the same thing to each other. And then what's worse is when we find people in society that break from that that finally break after torturing themselves and whipping themselves for long enough and convince themselves they are the bad thing. How do you create an evil person? There you go. How do you create a joker, somebody that just wants to see the world burn? Well, you make them think that no matter what they do, they're always going to be something that isn't supposed to be here. So why wouldn't that thing try to make the world something that isn't supposed to be here all the time? It's the only way you could get a gratification. When you take away good and bad, you can see very quickly there's compassion that you can have for people that have made horrible decisions in their lives. And then as you have compassion for them, you start to have compassion for yourself because you realize you are them. You better be careful the next time 
You morally judge somebody that you see on the TV that's done something wrong or bad. You are no different than them. We are all playing the same game. We're playing by the same rules. And the reason they're there and you're where you're at is not the reason you're thinking. Which is why it's dangerous. If you want to protect yourself, recognize you're dangerous too. Don't lie to yourself and tell yourself you're an innocent, dainty, non-dangerous thing. Why do you think that happened in the Joker? What happens to somebody when they do nothing but tell themselves or their mom or their parents or whoever it is tells themselves you're nothing but this innocent thing? What happens to them when the world goes and beats them up, beats them to the ground? Eventually they snap. Right? That happened, That can happen to anybody internally. And I think that we need to have more compassion for ourselves so that we and other people and I think oddly enough the easiest way to do that is not for yourself first it's through other people why the hell is that the truth why is it easier to have compassion for somebody else than it is for yourself Because we view everybody else as in place in this world and we view ourselves as out of place in this world because we feel denied. We feel unrecognized. We feel unseen, unheard, unactualized because we are. But everybody else is too. It just looks that they aren't because they're all playing the same game. And I think I've gotten the point across at this point. I'm going in circles. I'm going to continue on. Sorry for a little bit of a break there, guys. I had to go to the restroom really quick, and then it was a little bit of a restroom break. But So that's why there's probably a change in energy um, from what I was just talking. Uh, but I wanted to move on because I think that, that was I was starting to, to go in circles. I, th- I think you get the point. Um, again, I didn't really go over the things that I wanted to go over today. So I'm going to kind of go over a couple of them briefly here before I wrap this episode up, and then I'll go back into it tomorrow. I'm just going to kind of keep saving the ideas and, and moving into them when, when we're ready, because obviously I'm channeling uh, some energies here that uh, would like to say some other things first. So um, I'm kind of excited to see myself what came through. None of this is planned. I hope you understand this. Uh, that's, that's why I'm saying channeling. Uh, none of this is... Well, actually, I tried to. Whenever I try to plan it, this is what happens. I, I can't. Um, when I try to organize this this show a little bit more, when I try to make it something that has kind of like a uh, you know a beginning, middle, and end, what ends up happening is something like this, where I'll go off on a tangent and something will pop in and start talking, and um, it makes it hard to keep the shows oriented in a way that's organized. But I do think it's valuable. And that's partially what I'm trying to demonstrate here is that, um, we, we are energetic beings that even though I can be saying the thing, Chris Turner right here can be talking and sound the same. Um, sometimes it's not the same thing talking. And that's why the reason I know that happens is because I've recognized the things that I'm talking about with you today internally right um 
that there is more than one voice inside a lot of the time. There can be a lot of them. Uh, and that, that people don't like to talk about that because it makes them feel like they're crazy or society will call them crazy if they admit it. Um, but that, uh, I think people all the time, I think people channel all the time everywhere. I think there's a lot of you that are probably listening right here have this, have gifts. I don't think it's like something that you're born with. It's not something that a human being is like, Oh, they have the psychic gene. You know, uh, it's, it's kind of like you wake up to the, it's, it's like a, it's like a dormant organ in the human being, you know, um, like the pineal gland or something like that is dormant, not fully realized. Um, and that in order to turn something on like that biologically, what it feels like conceptually and psychoanalytically in these ways, like inside of your head, it feels like you're going crazy it feels like you're hearing voices or you people are talking and things like that because they are you're just connecting you're connecting with the universe so today i pulled three cards before i started um tarot cards uh, as many of you probably know if you've listened before um i like to do tarot cards myself uh for kind of my own individual spiritual practice but i find that it's really helpful in guiding conversations um, getting more insight if you have like a hard question you're trying to ask um, and sometimes it can just be kind of comforting and fun to look at too so uh, from like an artistic point of view um, but I pulled three and I, I when I was asking for these I pulled them kind of like if you've ever seen like a general reading online uh, for tarot but it's kind of for the general collective all of you any of you that are going to be listening to this at any point in time be that now or in the future this relates to whenever you're listening to this, right? It's timeless in that way. So as in anything I, as is anything I say and anything that happens in this show, so that if you see a synchronicity or you have a lot of numbers popping up while you're listening to this, or I say something and something pops up right as I say it around you, those kind of things, watch for that because all of those are indications that your guides are trying to clue you in on what I'm describing. Okay. Um, Because I'm not making it up. I promise you that. (laughs) Um, I promise you that so the three cards I pulled today um, I pulled two from a tarot deck called the Angel Wisdom Tarot Deck I'll put some of this information on uh, the show description so you guys can look them up yourself if you'd like to I'm also going to get videos going here soon Um, and then the other deck is called the Angel and Ancestors Oracle Deck Um, and beautiful decks but the first one I pulled just one card from the Oracle Deck uh, and I pulled actually the card that is the the cover of the deck itself on the box which is called the animal guardian because it's an animal an ancestor ancestor oracle deck uh and the saying that it has on the bottom of the card is trust your instincts uh and it's a depiction of a woman holding a baby deer and around her uh is a panther and a raven and an owl and she has kind of uh, ghostly stag horns uh behind her head Uh, with the image of what looks like a sun or a setting sun. And so, I don't know, what what I'm feeling with this is that if you are, maybe maybe you have, while you've been listening to this, uh, seen a number or something like I was saying, had a synchronicity, um, trust your instincts, you know, um, trust that what you're seeing or what you're hearing, or even if it might sound crazy, or maybe I said something and it reminded you of an experience you had in the past that you're like, no, that didn't happen. You know, that wasn't real. It was. I'm here to say that right now. It was real. Something's trying to tell you that it was. 
So um, that's what I got for my or- or Oracle card. So that's kind of guiding you right now is trust your instincts. Uh, trust what you're seeing, what you're perceiving, because you are divine. You are valuable. Your perspective is unique. And what you you see is true. Regardless of what the world accepts as true. And then I pulled two other cards. Uh, and these were interesting because they're cards that were very meaningful to me um, for other reasons. Uh, but I pulled the star card and I pulled the ace of cups. And in this specific deck, um, the ace of cups is a card that I've used before um, with in, in, with my ex-partner. Um, and it was in a scenario where we were trying to make a podcast episode uh, about um, kind of demonstrating tarot like this. So uh, it was an interesting that it popped out right here. Uh, and especially when I was asking for a collective reading. So what this card represents, the Ace of Cups, is something like a new, um, new experience, a new emotional experience specifically. So... Uh, you, you may be um, you may be experiencing something or maybe experiencing an emotion or an emotional situation that is somewhat new to you um, that maybe could feel a little bit overwhelming like maybe it's got you in your emotions more so than um, you're used to having yourself be in but that it's okay um, that, that's it's not because there's some uh, negative aspect happening in your life it's actually because there's something new coming in that's very fulfilling very emotionally fulfilling or gratifying and that that depth of that emotion is what you're feeling so um on this card there's a uh there's a dolphin and there's a babe like a, a female mermaid but it's like a it's like a child she's she's probably only about eight or nine and she's holding a cup a glass cup <clears throat> underwater towards you and there's light coming down from the sea it's very shallow so it's kind of a bright scene and uh it also speaks of a love letter or a new home it says so this could be a lot of things and since it is a general reading take it as it resonates with you it could be um that maybe you do have a new love that or interest or something like that going on in your life it could be that maybe you're moving to a new place that uh, will bring you a lot of love or maybe a new job um that will be very emotionally fulfilling any of these could uh, could fit for you, but it all depends on how it resonates for you. And the other card I got was the star card. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the star card uh, is on the picture of it, actually. The star card is, I forget what the actual term is. I think it's called a major arcana card. Don't quote me on that. Um, but let me, let me look it up real quick. Give me a second. Yeah. I want to double check because I want to learn, not because I want to make you guys sit here and wait. Yeah, the star card is the 17th ranking or major arcana card in its most traditional tarot tech. Yeah. So, um, the star card is a major arcana card. And what that means is that it's one of, it's, it's a, it's a bigger energy. It's a, like a more universal energy. Um, so, uh, the star card represents kind of having faith in the future and, uh, dreams coming true, right? Um, in this card specifically, there's a, uh, there's a star in the background and there's an angel kind of pouring out two, two cups of water. And, um, 
I read a little bit on it earlier, and it was speaking about the water being endless, kind of, there not being a worry about the water running out, and that's why it's pouring out. It's because there's there's this fulfillment uh, in the star card of achieving um, or being close to the end of something that has been very taxing or been something that you've wanted for a long time or um, maybe just kind of a peace that you've been seeking for a long time. And uh, so those are the two cards that I've, I pulled for you in conjunction with the trust your instincts. And so to kind of pull a message out of it all, it'd be, I I guess what I'm getting from this is that you're, you're in a place where you're experiencing something new that you may have never experienced before. And that depth of that might be scary to you, but that, um, you need to trust your instincts. You need to follow what you feel and not what the world is telling you, uh, and trust that there are energies around you that are guiding you, uh, and keeping you on the path that will lead you to your highest good, right? Uh, and that that highest good is the star card. You know, have faith the future is bright and dreams do come true. Positive changes that bring an end to challenging times. So I think there's something in that, in this episode as well, being one that's taken a long time to get out. You know, there's been a big gap between this last episode uh, and um, this one. And I think, you know, it speaks of faith. I think the last episode I made was called Faithless. And there are going to be a lot of times that you go through, you know, long periods of time with not a lot of light or maybe uh, you've been discouraged or something doesn't turn out the way that you want it. But um, there is always a purpose. And there's always an opportunity for a beautiful new emotional experience. Uh, with endings come new beginnings, right? Something the death card represents. And... and I think we all, as a collective, need to be mindful of that moving forward, especially considering what I was speaking of in this episode of the shadow and us all being scared to admit who we are. You know, I, it isn't a process that is easily completed. It's not one that is completed, I don't think. <clears throat> But I think there's a point to recognizing that you can feel something new, that you can feel something different, that miracles are a possibility, uh, that the world is constantly changing and that your experience in this world is going to constantly change too, be that for the good or the bad. Recognizing that you're the one that makes good or bad, right? So with that, guys, I think I'll leave that, uh, leave it with that. But I do have one more little um, Buddha saying out of a book called The Sayings of the Buddha, Reflections for Every Day. It's by William Ray. Uh, And I I intuitively in the mornings when I wake up, I like to pull, you know, just a random page out of this and and read it, kind of guide me through the day. So I did that this morning. And the the pages that I opened up today were, um, there's two of them. It was page 164 and 165. And... It says on page 164, Oh, let us live in joy, in peace amongst those who struggle. Among men who struggle, let us live in peace. And then the second page, on one page 165, it says, If you can be in silent quietness like a broken gong that is silent, you have reached the peace of nirvana, and your anger is peace. It speaks of kind of 
coming to terms with despair and helplessness, right? Um, they're necessary, two sides of the same coin, right? I have one other thing that I, I'm going to read to you and I almost forgot, but I think it's necessary to read in this episode and I'm going to read it real quick. And now this is, again, this is very discombobulated. I hope it kind of combines together to be something that's valuable for you guys. But while I was in the middle of um, the last year and a half, you know, I was in a relationship and I was going through a lot and uh, a lot of kind of journeying within and self-reflection and there was a lot of pain that came out of that, a lot of anger, you know, a lot of aggression, a lot of resentment, a lot of bitterness, um, and that caused, you know, hard times. You know, I, I made a lot of mistakes. I, I became a person, I, as I went into who I was inside, I recognized that I was also this other thing that I didn't like. And as you recognize that or confront it, it comes out because it's pissed you know if you had been denied for 30 years of being a thing you'd be pretty angry right that's kind of how you your shadow feels well this is something i wrote when i was in the middle of that shadow um and i i hadn't found it until today and i just kind of stumbled across it while i was gathering stuff for the podcast episode like i said preparing uh so I don't know if it's out of place or not, but I'm going to just read it because I think it might. It's valuable either way. I titled it, If God Existed. You can hear the despair and the doubt and the helplessness. If God existed, where would it be? On a cloud, on a tree, up above you and me? I don't believe in this now because I can't see why a God would create a thing like me. So God, where are you? Why are you hiding from me? If you really existed, I wouldn't feel so alone. Stuck in a crowded room. A ghost no one knows. Yet the point, yet they point and they laugh and they prod all the same. Gulping and belching. Their shame is the game. Feeding on me, I feel drained of my pride. Wincing, I slump to the floor, withered and dry. If God existed, there wouldn't be so much pain. For why would a creator want to hate what it made? If you were really here, I wouldn't scream in vain, slumped in a puddle, choking on my own shame. The shame isn't mine, it's yours, and you know it. So run like you do, run away. And don't show it. Hiding your shame disguised as my own, you blame me for things that I could not know. For who is the greatest showman? Who has all the might to punish and judge and change what isn't right? When will you stop it, all the pain and the greed? The feeding, the writhing, the screaming, the need. To find something hidden, perpetually out of sight. I scream, and I writhe, and I grab with all my might. If you are real God, 
Please prove me wrong. Show your face. Let me see it. Give me what I long. For compassion is what I need. Nothing less, nothing more. But how can I fix all this mess that you made? I'm not God. I'm just me. A little ball of shame. Take the wheel. Throw me out. Regain control in this place. This car is spinning, and I'm too scared to know where to lay. So be my eyes and my hands. Take it all away from me. But what is left? Just a movie. One so often fleet. So change the cast and the set and the story all the same. For we know not what we are, and you're the creator of this game. Call me you, or I, or the whole human race. Where are you when I'm here, this darkest of place? Uh, sorry, guys. Hey, uh, it's an emotional thing for me to read. I uh, had never... Um, I read that once after I wrote it, you know, but when you're in the energy of it, it doesn't feel the same. And I remember randomly when I was in the middle of this fit of rage, I, I was angry, you know, and I so many times over the last year and a half, I've been angry existentially, you know, at God, at the universe for 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 making me feel so wrong and it was in one of those moments where I was denying God that I wrote that you know and, and it's hard to listen to because uh, well it's uh, there's a beauty in it that's dark that can only be recognized if you do shadow work if you go and explore the parts of yourself you're scared of I'm crying not because I'm sad I'm crying because I'm seeing something beautiful pop out of a very dark time and I want you all to experience that so, without further ado and further tears, I'm going to pull myself together and leave this episode there. Uh, I really, really, really appreciate your listenership, your support, your love, everything over the last three years or so that I've been doing this project. Uh, it's been a soul project of mine. It's something that's deeply important to me, and I cannot relate to you enough how much I appreciate your support so from the bottom of my heart thank you and i love you and i hope that you are doing well and that these messages receive you well and that they help you lots of love bye-bye